Hey, fellow mathers, do you have limited classroom time? Do you want to make the biggest, best impact on your students that you can? Then you need to start here with the Math is Figureoutable Challenge. It's three one-hour sessions of the quickest and most powerful ways to reach the most students with the most math. We're having special guest Jenna Labe. Mark your calendars for May 15th through 17th at 7 p.m. Central and watch this space to find out when registration opens. If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians! Welcome to the podcast where math is figure outable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do. But it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We can mentor mathematicians as we co-create meaning together. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but y'all, rotely repeating steps actually keeps our students from being the mathematicians they can be. If you're just tuning in, you have just missed the first three episodes of a series that we are going to wrap up today about a super important strategy that can be used for all four operations. Not only can it be used, but we argue that it should be used. Don't worry, you can always go back and listen to the other three episodes and check out how we talk about the over strategy for addition, subtraction, and multiplication. But for today, we're going to heading in to talk division. So don't leave if you didn't catch the first three. You know, hang in. You can listen to division, but yeah, you'll want to check out those others. And yep. one of the reasons that you'll want to check out all of the episodes on the over strategy is because the over strategy is so cool mm-hmm. and it's so wonderful to maybe start with. Like if you teach higher grades, you might be like, oh, why am I listening to all this arithmetic stuff? Well, let me tell you, it's one way that you can get your students starting to think about mathematizing uh, because the over strategy is so, I don't know, there's just some, there's a snap to it. There's like Mm -hmm. this pop. It's like, Ooh, it has the, it has the Ooh factor. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So Kim, let's start today where I'm going to give you a division problem. I'm going to give everybody a division problem to think about. And then we are going to do a problem string and see if we can get people's brains firing in a certain way. So that that division problem kind of gets a really nice uh, over strategy. So you might be thinking about the problem. 396 divided by four. 396 divided by four. All right. So think about that, everybody. Maybe pause the podcast, solve it a little bit, and then come on back. And we are going to work on the over strategy with division. All right, Cam, you ready? Yes. Okay. 36 divided by four. 36 divided by four. Nine. I mean, that's like, you probably didn't. Just a fact. Yeah. Yeah. You'd probably have to think about it too much. I'm just going to note that we're kind of thinking about fours. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I just drew a a horizontal ratio table and I said, we're thinking about fours. So I put one to four. So like, it almost looks like one fourth Mm -hmm. in this horizontal ratio table, kind of one Mm -hmm. to four. And I asked you for 36 of them. So next to that four, I drew a 36, drew, I wrote a 36. And you said that that was nine. Mm-hmm. So like to get to four to 36, you multiply by nine. So we kind of have two equivalent ratios now. I've got one to four and nine to 36. And that's a way to represent 36 divided by four is nine. Mm-hmm. Cool. Next problem. 360 divided by four. 90. Because? Because um, on my ratio table, 
I have mm-hmm. nine to 36. Uh-huh. And I thought that um, 360 was just 10 times bigger than 36. So my answer is going to be 10 times bigger than nine. Which 10 is... times nine is, mm-hmm. nine. sorry, I didn't interrupt. No, so since 360 is 10 times 36, then 90 is 10 times nine. Cool. Mm-hmm. Next problem. How about 356 divided by four? Mm-hmm. That's just four less than 360. So it's one group of four less. So it's going to be 89. So 89 so, fours would give you 356. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Cool. So right now um, on my ratio table, I've got one to four, nine to 36, 90 to 360, 89 to 356. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. Next problem. 400 divided by four. Mm, 100. I mean, that's uh, right. Yep. So I'm just going to put that in the ratio table. The 400 is on the same line as the four, 36, three. It's all the dividends are going on the bottom. And then uh, you said that was 100 fours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then how about, uh, so the hundreds on top. So now that, that 100, 100 to 400 is an equivalent ratio in the same table. Mm-hmm. How about 392 divided by four? Dun, dun, dun. Um, so 100 fours was 400. And this is two fours less than 400. So it's going to be 98. So I actually just added two fours or the ratio two to eight in the mm-hmm. ratio table. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote down 392 and you said it would be 98. Because 98, mm-hmm. you took away two groups from the 100. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of looking at that. The 100 and the two and the 98 are, are next to each other and the 400 mm-hmm. and the eight and the 392. So now I have this equivalent ratio of 98 to 392. Yeah? Yep. Cool. Next problem. How about 200? Divided by four. 50. How do you know? Because 100 fours is 400. So it's only 50 fours to make 200. Oh, nice. You could go from the the ratio of 100 to 400 Mm -hmm. to 50 to 200. Cool. Yep. And I actually have it divided by two on my ratio table. Mm -hmm. 100 divided by two is 50. 400 divided by two is 200. Mm -hmm. Nice. So 200 divided by four is 50. Next problem. How about 196 divided by four? 49. It's going to be one less group of four than the previous problem. How about 198? Oh, this must be a typo. Can you do 198? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. 198 divided by four? Yeah. This is funny. Um, 48.5 or 48.5. How do you know? Because now I have to think about instead of, well, I'm still thinking in terms of fours, but half of four is two. So I wrote half on top of my ratio table and two at the bottom. Um, Before you go on. Oh, did you ask me 198? Good gravy. I just did 196 and now you're asking me 198. Yeah. So it's 49 and a half. Ah, because you said 48 and a half. Yeah, I did. But now you're thinking 49 and a half. Yeah, 49 and a half. Because, keep talking. Be- because um, that half of four, which is two, I need to add to the 49 and the 196. Gotcha. So it, yep. on the ratio table right now, I have an equivalent ratio of 0. 0.5 to two. Yep. Yep. And then, and I have it right next to the 49 to 196. And if I just add the 49 plus 0. 0.5 and the 196 plus two, then I get the ratio of 49.5 to 198. Which yep. is a way of solving and, 198 divided by yep. 4 is 49.5. Yep. 
Yeah. And mine's not actually next to mine. I ran out of room on my ratio table, so I had to write it back at the beginning again. Oh. Like, so I wonder if that... Well, don't worry, because I'm about to run out of room on mine. <laughs> yeah, mine's getting I guess smaller, I, I write slightly now. smaller than you do, or something like that. Okay, <laughs> last problem. What is 199? Okay. 199 divided by 4. Mm, okay, so then I, I wish I had more room for an entry, because I would say that that is... Uh, it's just one more, so it's going to be another fourth of a four. Okay. So I want it to be 49 and three-fourths, or 49.75. 49.75. So I do have room on my second layer of my ratio table. <laughs> so right next to the 0.5 to 2, I've written mm -hmm. 0.25 to 1. It's so funny that we have this mm -hmm. 2, like 2 is 2. Like I'm just aware that since we're audio... And when I say oh, 0.522, it's the ratio yeah. of 0.5 to the number two. And You know what I wish I would have done? Well, hang on a second. Let me finish my sentence. So I have, okay. I have the ratio of 0.5 to the number two, and I have the ratio of 0.25 to the number one. And you were saying that you added one to 198, so you added 0.25 to 495, for, to 49.5. That's what you said, right? Yeah. But now you have a better idea? Yep. Yeah, because I already have 54s is 200, and I'm just one-fourth of a four away. So I could have gone down from 50 to get to 49.75. It's almost like you could have used over. Yeah. <laughs> and so so if you wouldn't have shared that with this problem string, knowing that my goal is to develop the over strategy, I would have asked for it. Now, sometimes yeah. teachers are like, what do you mean you would have asked for? Oh, that's such a good question because this is such a, yes, um, is. what's a good word, a subtle teacher move in this point. So I might say, I might say, oh, nice strategy, Kim, to go from the 198 divided by four to help you with the 199 divided by four. I'm a little curious. Mm -hmm. Did anybody use, I don't know, the 200 maybe? I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just sort of lob it out there. And if it's within the zone of proximal development of the students, somebody will grab it and run with it. And then I'll say, oh, look, like you could? Well, how could you? And then it's almost as if they sort of had it to begin with. So we kind of call it the trail off method where you just kind of, you just kind of say enough and, and then yep. wonder if somebody can kind of finish. And maybe I have to add a little bit more before that, you know, did anybody use the 200 divided by four? Did anybody, you know, if you know, if you know that there's 50 fours and 200 and, and I don't know, did anybody use that to help you think about 49 mm -hmm. or to help you think about 199 fours? Did anybody? Mm. Anyway, it's a way of doing that. What were you just going to say? I'm chuckling at myself because, you know, I know that we're talking about over, but I'm looking back at my ratio table and I'm realizing without thinking about it in the moment that I used the 90 to get to 89. And they use the 100 to get to 98. And they use the 50 to get to 49. And now I'm thinking about the uh, 50 to get to 49.75. Mm. And I used the over strategy without it being like a um, major undertaking. It was just, it was so naturally embedded into the problem stream mm -hmm. that I wasn't saying to myself, okay, I'm going to use the over strategy today and I'm going to focus on it. And it, it just... Like I used it multiple times in my ratio to, in my, in my thinking of these problems. Uh -huh. And it's clearly on my ratio table that represented my thinking, but I, I was, I was not even focused on it. So I, I, I love that you're saying at the end of your um, problem string, you're going to call out some of those relationships mm -hmm. and ask kids to think about what they've used, even if they 
aren't aware of it, even if they haven't specifically noted it. And by calling it out, this is not where all of a sudden I start direct teaching. This is where right. I, I pull it out of students. Like what, what relationships did you, and it's kind of what you did. What relationships did you find right. yourself using over and over in this problem stream? Oh, yeah. sure yeah. enough. Like it's, it's, it, we kind of used the, the, this problem. It was a little too much. So we just backed up a little bit. This problem is a little too much. So we just hacked off that little extra. And, and, yep. and, and as we pull those words out of students, they gain clarity by, by stepping yep. out of it and looking back at their work and generalizing and discussing and, uh, creating, it's almost like they're creating arguments. They're sort of, uh, constructing viable arguments. It doesn't have to be an argument to, to be a generalization to be, or, to, you know, in other words, you don't have to, you don't have to be arguing to, yep. to construct a viable argument. And then as students say what they say, and then when they add on or they repeat, or they, they help clarify, that's critiquing the reasoning of others. That's one of the things that we're trying to do. And one of the reasons they can do that is because we were just modeling with mathematics. We were yeah. making the thinking visible on a ratio table so the students could point to things. They could look back at the problems and see the relationships they were using. Um, so there's a couple yep. of things to point out. Uh, nice. Super nice. Let's talk a little bit about where the over strategy for division fits in with the hierarchy of division strategies. So a first thing to ask would be what property is the over strategy for division kind of based on? Is it based on the associative property, the commutative property, the distributive property? And often uh, a few of them are used, but there's kind of a main one to focus on. And we would suggest that, or not, we would suggest that it, it, it would be true that the over strategy for division is based on the distributive property. You kind of have to mess with that a little bit because it's really the distributive property of multiplication over subtraction. And that's brilliant. And that is one of the first things that we want kids to think about as they are solving division problems. First, we want kids to do partial quotients. But really quickly, we want them to think about smart partial quotients. Mm -hmm. And one of the smart partial quotients that we want them to consider is this idea of, can I find a smart partial quotient that's a bit too much? And then I have to back up. I have to adjust a little bit from that quotient that was a, that gave me kind of a, too big of an answer. Um, and I have to, to adjust back. And so uh, over yeah. division would be a fairly um, early um, strategy that we want kids to think about, even when they're thinking about single digit facts. Uh, a most missed facts is seven times eight. We might say, well, do you know eight eights? Well, often students do. Often they'll know eight eights. Well, can you use eight eights to help you think about seven eights? That's an over. Oh, I'm doing multiplication, not division. But I could do, let me do the same division uh, uh, idea. If they're thinking about 57 divided by um, seven, 57 divided by seven. I'm dying here. If they're thinking about, yeah, I was going for sevens. If they're thinking about 56 divided by seven and you're like, well, do yeah. you know, I'd have to use eight to do the over. Holy, I'm not doing this very well. This is off the cuff. Y'all can you tell if I'm thinking about 56 divided by eight and I say to myself, I don't know how many eights are in 56. I might say, well, I know how many eights are in 64. So mm -hmm. if I know how many eights are in 64, can I use that to help me think about how many eights are in 56? Ah, that's an example of the over strategy for division coming in pretty early. And you can tell how 
connected multiplication and division are in my head because I just sort of went down the multiplication route. I mean, that's okay because I have multiple connections and it's all right for me to go. Can you like how I'm justifying my slip there? <laughs> all right, cool. Love it. So uh, after that, we would expect kids to, to think about division as equivalent ratios. We would want to bring in um, well, I didn't mention five is half a 10. We'd also want them to use five is half a 10 in division strategies. But then we would also want them to have that other interpretation of division where they're not just thinking quotatively about how many fours are in. That's what we just did with this problem string. How many fours are in 36? How many fours are in 360? In a big way, we were kind of thinking that way. We would also want them to have the other interpretation, the partitive interpretation of division where they can find equivalent ratios. So we could have thought about ratios to solve all these problems, but, but we didn't this time. And, and, but we would want students to do that so that then they can find equivalent ratios, which would be the most sophisticated uh, division strategy. Yeah. One thing I want to really uh, point out that's super important about one of the reasons we emphasize. No, let me say it differently. A lot of teachers will say they'll do a problem string with us where we're thinking quotatively how many of the divisors are in the dividend. Um, and they'll say, oh, yeah, 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 we do that. We do that. We do that thing. And I'll say, great. You're like, tell me more about that. And then they'll do, they'll show me the magic seven or the lucky seven mm-hmm. or, or this mm-hmm. way of, it kind of looks like long division, mm-hmm. but, uh, but they're letting students use quotients that ma- that uh, mean something to them. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, like um, so if, if I were doing a, a problem, like, I don't know, help me, Kim, 356 divided by four, they would put the 356 in the housetop and they would put the four outside mm-hmm. and then they would say, okay, what do you know? And if a kid goes, well, I know four times 10 is 50. 40. It's a terrible okay. one to choose. Then they'll kind of write the 40 down there and then somewhere they'll keep track of that 10 and then they'll subtract and then they'll keep going and forever mm-hmm. and ever, they'll just keep subtracting off these partial quotients and they'll kind of keep track of how many of them they were. So, the idea of using partial quotients that you know is brilliant. Recording it in this lucky seven and having kids do these really inefficient chunks um, is not super great. Uh, they will do inef- uh, inefficient chunks when we start, but if we record them on a ratio table, we can get kids mm-hmm. more efficient much faster um, yep. because we can scale in the ratio table. And so just like when Kim used the, we started off with the one to four it was equivalent to the nine to 36. And then when I said, well, what's 360, then bam, she could just scale up. And then how that 356 was related to that 360, bam, she could just like use relationships in there. Similarly, kids can do that when they start with a division problem in a ratio table. They can use relationships in and out that they know and use fairly sophisticated relationships. But maybe most importantly, they can go over in a ratio table you cannot go over in that lucky seven or that magic seven. There's no opportunity for you to say, if I'm, if I've drawn that, put that 356 inside that housetop and I've got the four out front, there's no opportunity for me to go, well, I know, I know a hundred of them. That's 400. Like yeah. that, it's not part of that repertoire. And so that's the, probably the biggest reason we would say, good try. Yeah. Good try in your magic seven, lucky seven. Eh, not so much. Not so much. Let's put it on a right, ratio table. Right. Do do smart partial quotients on the ratio table, and then we can help get smarter, more clever partial quotients on the ratio table. Kim, did it sound yeah. like you wanted to add something? No, uh, to- I just totally agree. I think it's really problematic when that's the model, if you will even call it a model, that teachers choose. Um, I love the fact that they're letting their kids think 
but the the not being able to go over um is is really troublesome it is a major reason that we would say uh, good try but nope yeah, yeah yeah excellent so you might find it interesting that we would consider the over strategy well so notice we've just done the over strategy for addition the over strategy for subtraction the over strategy for multiplication and today we did the over strategy for division you might find it interesting that we consider the over strategy in addition and subtraction super cool, but not as essential, not as important, not as sort of mandatory as it is in multiplication and division. Like you could get away with being fairly efficient, adding and subtracting, using relationships you know, if you don't have the over strategy. You can give and take, um, you can use constant difference and you, and you kind of don't, it's not as essential. It's still cool. We still want to do it. There are good reasons to do it in addition and subtraction mm-hmm. because we build really good place value, but it's not as essential. But y'all in multiplication and division, thou shalt work with your students to build the over right. strategy because without the over strategy in multiplication and division, we're not efficient enough. We're going to run into problems like times 99 where we just can't be efficient enough without, and we're so efficient with times that with the over strategy with multiplication and we're so efficient with division. I can give you a problem. Like one of our favorites is 1,188 divided by 12, 1,188 divided by 12. Pause the podcast. If you want to think about that for a second, think about those numbers, those relationships. So stinking efficient with the over strategy. If I can just think about 1,200 divided by 12 is 100. And now I just have 1188, 1188 is just 12 below that. Bam. So it's just 99. 1188 divided by 12 is just 99. It's so, so efficient to have that over strategy with division that it's essential in multiplication division. So as as much as we want you to play with it in in, uh, addition and subtraction, please consider, please be invited, please join in with the fact that we need the over strategy for students to be efficient enough to think multiplicatively enough in multiplication and division so that we don't have to have the algorithm and that kids are really reasoning and building their brains to be more dense. And it, and it just works so well. It's just, it's really quite essential. Yep. So thanks for tuning in for the last few weeks as we share about one of our favorite strategies. Maybe it'll become one of your favorite strategies too. And also we want to make sure that you download some resources that we are um, hoping that you get a lot of uh, use out of. The first one is our big e-booklet and it is from, gosh, we, we keep hearing all over the place about how essential it is, how important it is, how useful it is. You can find that at mathisfigureoutable.com slash big. And then another resource that you'll want to grab is the over strategies. And you can find that at mathisfigureoutable.com slash over. Yeah, Kim, I was just talking with some of the leaders in our leader support group, and they are loving both of these resources to use with their teachers to really help teachers parse everything out. So especially if you're a leader, make sure that you check that out. But it's definitely for teachers as well. All right, y'all, thank you for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figureoutable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable.
Remember, we're going to be opening registration for the Math is Figureoutable Challenge soon. Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom that are naturally engaging and encourage students to think mathematically. And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figure outable.